You're listening to the Mistress of None podcast with Aaron Harks. All right. Welcome to Mistress of None. I am Aaron Harks. Um, hopefully recording the first of many podcasts we have. Uh, what is Mistress of None, you may be asking yourself? Well, uh, it's the female version of Master of None, which stems from the phrase uh, Jack of All Trades, Master of None. Um, I got the idea when somebody mentioned that I tend to do a lot of things. And uh, it's perfect for somebody like me with ADD to have as many things going on as possible. At least when my focus is shifted, it's at least shifted to something else that could potentially make me money, I guess. I don't know. Uh, a little bit about me, which is the worst thing comedians can say before they get started on anything. Uh, I am, first and foremost, a musician, a singer-songwriter. Um, I play guitar. I play piano. I've been singing. I've been doing it professionally for over 20 years now. And um, I started comedy almost 11 years ago, which doesn't seem fair. Um, I am not even remotely far enough along for an 11-year veteran of the comedy world, but um, that's because I can't pursue it because it actively conflicts with my air quote day job, which is being a musician. So other people with those desk jobs and whatnot can take the day off or the night off from work to pursue like comedy and do things for free. And I just haven't been able to do that, but things are picking up. I have no complaints. I think I'm doing pretty well considering. Um, so besides being a singer songwriter, a musician and comedian, uh, one of the most important things about me, I think these are in no particular order, by the way, is I am sober. I will be uh, 13 years sober this October um, I bring that up because that that's in itself a job. That is, uh, that's my full-time job. I do that first and then everything else is possible because I do that. Um, but I'm mentioning that because I'll probably have some guests on that talk about their sober journeys as well, uh, as long as they do it in the funniest way possible. I've recently uh, taken a step into event planning uh, which is the least sexy of all the things I intend to talk about, but it's definitely going to be fun and going to give me lots of material for sure. Uh, the last four people that I spoke to about this have said in no uncertain terms, are you sure you want to get into this? And my answer is yes, because first of all, I've been doing it already. Um, I have been playing at weddings and other events for so long sitting back watching how chaotic things are and then just diving into the chaos and trying to take control of the situation. And so I just, I guess, am figuring out a way to monetize that. You know, it's like I'm already doing it. I might as well start charging for it, I guess. Um, so it's starting with weddings, but it's also panning into other things. I've also just seen a lot of things go wrong and I want to get involved uh, in making them go right. I think I'm a good person for it, mostly because I'm a martyr. So I definitely have that whole, like, I'll do it kind of mentality when it comes to things. 
Uh, so I'm the perfect one for this. You know, like nobody else wants to do something. I'll get it done. And then I can be, you know, indignant for the rest of the day. Like, look at what I've done. Look at all of this work that I've done. So it's really, it's the perfect role for me. Also, I'm doing that because, um, believe it or not, as much as people see me running around and moving all the time, I know that I can't keep it up forever. And I would like some sort of a retirement plan. And since uh, music and comedy can't be done remotely, I'd like to be able to plan events and stuff, you know, from wherever life takes me. And uh, if they want to bring back the OG and fly me in from wherever it is I'm staying, then, you know, that'll have its price. But that's my plan. That's me kind of in a nutshell. We haven't even begun to scratch the surface, but that's what this is going to be about. I'm going to be interviewing people from those walks of life and maybe others that I have yet to explore and have been curious about. I'm going to bring on some of the most interesting people I know. And uh, trust me, they are interesting and they are fun. Otherwise, they won't be on it. Um, and, you know, I'll invite some people to call in once we have more than one listener. Uh, we'll have some questions and answers. We're going to have a good time. We're going to talk about music and comedy and sobriety and whatever else we feel like. But I'm looking forward to this journey. And thank you for joining me so far. You're listening to the Mistress of None podcast with Aaron Harks. Welcome back to Mistress of None. I am Erin Harks. Uh, for the first episode here, this is normally where I will be interviewing guests. And I figured what better guest to interview for the first episode than myself. Uh, it's just my way of letting you get to know me. Uh, maybe even spoiling a few things or teasing a few things, I should say, to keep you uh, coming back each week. But I figured I should open up the first episode with uh, the thing that's most important to me. I know I said everything in the intro a little bit out of order uh, as far as a matter of importance. Like, I mean, if I were to decide between, like, music, comedy, or anything else that I do in my life, like, it depends on the day what's the most important thing. But honestly, none of those things would be possible if I were not sober. And so I feel like it's important to talk about that first. And I try not to be sanctimonious about it at all, and I hope that nobody gets that impression from me. Um, I enjoy talking about my sobriety uh, for a multitude of reasons. One, it's a good reminder for me. It keeps me sober uh, to, to be honest about it, to talk about it. Uh, it's just a healthy reminder. Two, I like that people see that you can be sober and still have a pretty cool life. I think it's important to share that with a lot of people. I've had some really great messages over the years from people telling me that they heard me talk about this on the news or in the paper. And, you know, maybe it inspired them or whatever. Like, again, not to act like I'm Jesus or anything like that. But it's nice that I can potentially influence somebody uh, to get and or stay sober just by sharing my own story. So obviously it's hard doing what I do for a living when, you know, a majority of the work that I do is in a bar 
or a restaurant that serves alcohol or it's just around alcohol and it's around alcoholics. And um, it's definitely always been a little bit of an extra challenge, but to each his own. I know some people that are sober that can never step foot in a bar. I know some people that are sober that bartend. Like, I don't think I could ever bartend. I don't trust myself to have actual bottles of liquor in my hand because I used to bartend and uh, my whole uh, mantra was, you know, one for you, two for me. So it's just better to not even toy with stuff like that. I, I, I even worry about just getting something on my hand and, and licking it off, you know, cause I'm an animal anyway. Uh, also, I, I refer to my brain as being broken sometimes, and I'm not saying that to, you know, degrade myself in any way, but it, it doesn't, it's a, not a properly functioning brain. And I don't know the moment that it might turn off or flip or something, and I just think that it's a good idea to take a sip of something. And it may have already happened, and I didn't know it because luckily I didn't have alcohol in my hand. So again, it's just not a chance that I like to take. But um, I have been sober since October 25th, 2010. I had planned on getting sober. Um, Who knows if I was actually going to go through with it. I think I talked about it and told people that I was going to do it. But I think in a sense, there's a good chance I was just buying time and trying to get people off my back because people were finally getting concerned and saying stuff to me about it. And so I, I was ready to get help. In theory, I was ready to get help. It's honestly hard to remember a lot during that time uh, because rock bottoms are notoriously hazy and that's why they are your rock bottom. I mean, it was like, it was the end of the line for me. It was the worst it had to get. And I have, uh, I used to think that my rock bottom was like, oh, that's the worst thing imaginable until I started to go to AA. And I would tell my story and I would like look at one half of the room who was like, you know, like a, like a soccer mom with the wine culture, you know, like it's wine o'clock, you know, and then the other side of the room where somebody looks at me like, like I'm a lightweight, like, oh, that, that was a Tuesday. I would get up and do that again on Wednesday, you know, because my last story is I went out, I didn't make it home. I woke up on the corner of Madison and Lark in Albany. I was face down, uh, mouthful of blood. Don't know what happened to me. To this day, I'll never know. I pushed back from the sidewalk and just watched, like, you know, that happen. And it was horrifying. And it was enough at that point for me to want to get help. Um, Interestingly enough, though, it was enough for a few hours. (laughs) And then I, uh, I went to the hospital because I was pretty badly beaten up. And when I was in the hospital, I started to sober up a little bit. And they were giving me an MRI. And they told me to take out my earring. And they only said earring, and I asked them what they meant by that, and they said, you're only wearing one. And for some reason, I panicked and decided I need to go find my other earring. So I left the MRI. I checked myself out of the hospital. I got somebody to drive me back to the corner of Madison and Lark. And what's funny is I went from uh, the time it took me to get from St. Peter's to my house, which was seven blocks I went from I'm never drinking again to maybe I'll take a month off to let's see if I can get to the end of the week to let's see if I can get to the end of the day to maybe I'll just treat this like any other day and then Saturday I'll start. Like I was just I had already completely talked myself out of staying sober and my roommate had had it with me. So she brought me back to the apartment and 
was done with me, and I called another acquaintance and asked him to give me a ride back to the corner. And when I got out of the car, I saw my blood on the sidewalk, and that's what did it. And then I went back to the hospital, and I went to detox, and I've been sober ever since. And so I always laugh because I don't I, – they, they weren't nice earrings. They weren't particularly fancy. They weren't expensive. I know that much. Um, so it made no sense to me, even in my – desperate plea for finding this earring it made no sense to me as I was saying it but I had no control over any of it I just had to go my I was so you know I had my blinders on to anything else I just had to go find this earring and as I was saying this to the nurses and to my roommate and to my friend it did not make any sense to me until I got out of the car and I saw that mass on the sidewalk that I had left the night before and I was like that's what I needed to see because I wasn't I wasn't as scared as I thought I was at three o'clock in the morning when I first woke up. I had to get scared again. And I'm glad that I did because um, I have had really I've had a really good sobriety. Uh, I haven't had any relapses. Um, I've definitely had a few times where it's been harder than others. But for the most part, I feel like I've been lifted from the compulsion. And I think honestly, I can attribute a lot of that to being a musician. Because I am in these environments where I look out at a sea of people that are perfect examples of why I should never, ever, 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 ever drink again. Um, I mean, I was a fun, drunk party girl for like a minute. And then it shifted, you know. It was like there was a time where I was a lot of fun to be around. And... It didn't last very long, <laughs> and then it was uh, it was no fun. But I was already too far gone, and so I'm like so grateful for my sobriety, and I'm grateful to be awake and alive to try and help others whenever I can. And that is why I am very vocal about it and very honest about it, because I think you know they say you're only as as sick as your secrets. And there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, there's a lot of really horrible cliches that go with like getting sober and stuff. And I don't recommend you start reading them and or using them. I'll be the first one to roll my eyes when somebody starts reading down the list of these, you know, like all these cliches. And maybe I'll have a sober person on and we'll have a cliche off. Like my friend and I, we'll send them back and forth to each other every once in a while. But it's read in this, like the most derpy voice. Like, you know, oh, you're only as sick as your secrets. <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, hey, whatever works, that just doesn't work for me. Uh, but that that particular phrase is really true. And even when I feel like I've, you know, like if I get a prescription for something and I feel like I took, you know, one that I might not have needed or something, I'm so quick to just tell on myself to make sure that I'm being honest about it. Just talking about it is like putting down really heavy furniture, and you're able to walk so much freer without that extra weight. And also, I like people to see that somebody, you know, I can still be a musician and a comedian and a human being and be sober and still have a good time. And um, I've had a lot of people reach out and I'm always happy to help them myself or get them connected to the resources that they need. And I've had some really some of the most amazing relationships I've gotten in the past few years have been from other people wanting help getting sober and those are friendships that I'll cherish forever and that in itself is is its own reward so so that's me that's my sobriety 
that's my first interview. I didn't really let the uh, person ask too many questions, but I had all the answers. So uh, this is Mistress of None. I'm Aaron Harks. We'll be back in a second. You're listening to the Mistress of None podcast with Aaron Harks. Welcome back to Mistress of None with Aaron Harks. I'm Aaron Harks. I am very excited about this journey. I guess, you know, when I was talking about being a musician and a comedian and a sober person and now I guess an event planner, I guess I'll have to put podcaster on that list. I'm trying to think of like the best metaphor to describe like what it is I'm doing. Like I I was talking to a friend of mine uh, just a few moments ago and he was mentioning the music and comedy being a duality and I was mentioning that, you know, but more of like a tree with a lot of branches. And, you know, the branches aren't necessarily the most lush and healthy things growing out of me. But so maybe we'll come up with stuff together. So this is going to be, uh, I wouldn't even mind this being a little group effort when we get some people listening in. Uh, I would love suggestions on things you'd like to hear me talk about. Um, people, uh, you want to hear about things in the capital region, I know a little bit about what's going on here and there. I'm also going to obviously, obviously be promoting myself and what I'm doing and what I am doing. I mentioned this on uh, the Nippertown podcast last month. Uh, one of the biggest changes that I'm making right now is I'm not doing the solo bar shows that much anymore, uh, which has been a majority of my gigs for over a decade now, I'm actually coming up on the 10-year anniversary of quitting my day job. And they've been really great paying gigs. I've played at some great venues. I have no ill will towards any of the venues that I've played unless I've been very vocal about it, which has luckily not been a lot. I have had, I Even places that I don't play anymore, I still have a great relationship with. Like nothing was ever... Um, Nothing ever exploded on my way out. It was always like, you know, this isn't a good fit. This isn't working out, but let's still be friends. Um, I the, the Capital Region has been great to me in that regard. I am just, I was trying to figure out the other day, like, what had changed. And I realized I've changed. Not much else has changed. I've changed. I just don't enjoy doing them anymore. I guess I used to have a higher tolerance for, you know, being background music, and I just don't have that. Maybe I'm starved for attention. That's probably it. That's definitely it. That's 100% it. I don't want to play where there's sports on TV, where there's a bar right there, where I have to move the neck of my guitar so somebody can get in and out of a bathroom uh, while some stupid kid is watching a video on their iPad because their parents have had it with them. Like just the other day I played a gig. It was going completely fine. This kid, he couldn't have been more than three years old. And he was so focused on me. He was watching me. And I love that. I love how kids react to music and his stupid parents put on some dumb blippy video in front of him on an iPad 
And he starts watching that. And he even kept like turning from it to like still look at me. But now he's got this iPad, which is making noise and competing with me with what I'm doing. And I'm like this, every time stuff like this happens, it's the universe telling me don't do these things anymore. They're not feeding your soul. They're not artistic. It's a good way to make money. It's a really great job for me. And it's got me to a really great point. But I just, I don't have it in me anymore. I can't, you know, like the one person that puts a finger in their ear and makes a face because it's too loud and they don't like it. It's just, I can't, I, I don't, my, my skin is getting too thin, I guess, over the years. So I'm doing more ticketed events. I'm doing more comedy, which means a lot more promotion and a lot more selling of tickets, uh, but also a lot more attention. So the payoff, the reward is worth the work. Uh, I'm doing more comedy. I'm doing more original music solo shows. And then I'm doing more stuff with my full band, either original shows, which will be under my name, which is Aaron Harks, or the cover band, which is known as Hark. And I changed that and made it easy for the drunks. I did it for you guys. I love you. Whether or not you're drinking, I love you. I'm here for you if you want to get help. And if you don't and you just want to remember what band to look up when you wake up at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, it's just Hark. And I made cards that you can put in your pocket. It's just easier for everybody. So that's what I'm doing. Because at least with the band, when we do covers, I have like six other people to absorb some of the obnoxiousness. And we have just a lot of fun. It's it's honestly, it's it's a lot of fun. I've got a great band. I'm very lucky. So I've got some great events coming up uh, that I'll be talking about each week, depending on when things air and when I'm running my mouth. But uh, I think we're off to a good start. I hope so anyway. Uh, listen in, tune in, like and share, follow on all the social media. You can find me at Aaron Harks, uh, where I will be sharing the new Mistress of None pages. Share with your friends. Share with your enemies. I don't care. I might like them. Just because you don't doesn't mean they're not a good person. But share, share, share away, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. This has been Mistress of None. I'm Erin Harks. Uh-huh.